Welcome to the Adoption Rewritten Podcast with your host, Jamie Weiss and Andy Stanley. Join in as we examine adoption-related books and media and discuss how adoption is portrayed versus the reality of living adopted. Welcome back, everyone. This week we have a great book for you called The Invisible String by Patrice Karst that Andre and I will be talking about. So have you have you read this book or heard of this book before? No, I haven't. I just I just show up prepared to be surprised. Well, I know that the last couple of episodes we have talked about books that were a little bit older. So they came from previous decades and they were both books that we do not particularly recommend because of the narratives included that we don't like as adoptees. So I thought this time we would definitely pull in a book that I think is a good one. So this particular book, it wasn't written about adoption. And I find some of the books that aren't specific to adoption seem to be the ones that better handle the situations or better open the conversation to allow adoptive parents and and their adopted children to discuss their story or their feelings, as opposed to the adoption books specifically seem to push a little bit more of how you should feel instead of allowing that open communication. I don't know. What do you think about that? Have you noticed that in any of the books? Well, it's kind of hard because if you're talking about books that the focus is not adoption, then you're making an assumption about the way parents and children normally feel about one another. And if you're a really sensitive guardian or adoptive parent, and you're willing to acknowledge how a child would feel about the family they came from and and hold space for them to talk about it, then I think some of these books can be a really good starting point for that. Because otherwise they're they're just they're the kind of books that we might read to our own biological children and just make assumptions about things. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I think it does. And hopefully any adoptive parents that are listening to our podcast are parents who are looking for ways to open the conversation or build on that conversation. So hopefully they're being mindful of that and allowing that space. If they're not, then this is their, their hint to, uh, to do so. This book is not good only for adoptees, but for anyone that is separated from a loved one. And that could be for a short period of time that that could be for a very long period of time that could be by death. Um, so that's why I, I find that I think this book is very, very lovely and, and could be helpful to adoptees. So um, let's, let's read a little bit of it here. Suddenly it began to rain very hard. Thunder rumbled. It got so loud that it woke them up. Mommy, mommy, they cried out as they ran to her. 
don't worry you two, it's just the storm making all that noise. Go back to bed. So of course, like, like usual, kids come running to the bed when they have nightmares, they have storms, they want to be close, they want to be together with mom, right? And she, she tells them, you know, we're always together no matter what. So they, they question that and they try to understand, well, how can we be together if you're in here and we're in there? So see, the separation doesn't have to be huge. This can be, they're just in a different part of the house or the child's going to school or wherever it may be, just dealing with some sort of separation. So she, she holds out her hand and she shows them that this is how, and she, she talks about an invisible string. Little Jeremy says, I don't see a string. You don't need to see the invisible string. People who love each other are always connected by a very special string made of love. But if you can't see it, how do you know it's there? Asked Liza. Even though you can't see it with your eyes, you can feel it with your heart and know that you are always connected to everyone you love. Then they go on to talk about all of the different times that a child might be separated, going to school, if you were in outer space, if they were with their best friends, and their mom assures them that, yes, anywhere and everywhere, they're still connected by the invisible string. They go on to talk about even more places, if they were deep in the ocean, uh, if they were mountain climbers, if they were in a different country, even if they were in the jungle, and mom continues to reassure them, yes, even there, and even there, and even there, each, each different scenario that they bring up. So then they start to wonder if the string ever goes away, like if the string can uh, reach all the way to heaven, or if it can go away when someone's mad at you. And she assures them that, nope, the string will always be there. She says, never. Love is stronger than anger. And as long as love is in your heart, the string will always be there. And again, she continues to discuss with them different places that it might be when they go to bed or it might be when they are going to a movie or back in their, their bedrooms, even with the storm, that there's always that invisible string that keeps them together and connected to the ones that they love. I really like the idea of this invisible string and thinking about adoptees and especially if adoptive parents are working to keep those connections with their biological family and helping children to know that they are still a part of their biological family. I know that in those of us who had a closed adoption where we didn't have connections to our, our biological families, we were just completely cut off and left to, to wonder where we loved, where we wanted, are we connected? Do you remember the song from American Tale? It was somewhere out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that and thinking of you and the person that you are missing or in our case, wondering about who they even are, that you may be looking at the same sky, at the same moon, the same stars, right? So the, that's kind of what this reminds me of with the invisible string is that, yes, even though we may be living with a different family, we are still connected by that invisible string to our biological family. Now, that was not how it was presented to me as a child, and that is not um, not how I was able to, to, to grow in that and understand that, but 
I hope that in in this the times that we're in now, I hope that that's more of what's being presented to kids when they're being able to foster those connections with their biological family. What do you think? I think there are some very rare cases in which people are fostering or having a donor conceived child or who are adopting who are attempting to incorporate the the person's extended family and some people who have adopted from overseas have maintained through letters and visits and photos and things connections with the child's families but I find in interacting in different spaces with adoptive and hopeful adoptive parents, that that's an extremely rare attitude. The majority of them that I'm seeing still consider the adoptee or perspective, you know, someday out there, our child's going to arrive. They still consider that child their child. And they still resent the implication that the person has any other family. So I think there's going to have to be a pretty seismic shift in attitudes for somebody to be willing. And I think they'd have to be pretty a pretty special circumstance. Because I could see how you could use this book to say, you know, you're going to see your mom Next month, we're all going to go visit. But until then, you know, you two are, you're still connected and you can write to your grandparents or, but I, I don't think that's the norm, even with kids who know they're adopted. There's still a very proprietary kind of, and, and I also think you have to be careful with a book like that to to know that you're really going to work hard to maintain the relationship because otherwise, what does that do to the person's confidence and trust if they grow up and discover that, you know, that extended family that you've been telling me I'm connected to doesn't want anything to do with me. Sure. Yes. I definitely think it's not for every situation. Yeah. And I mean, as we know, there's so many unique situations in adoption that I don't think any <laughs> any book anything we say is probably ever going to be a blanket across the board good for every situation this is definitely when I think of this book I'm thinking in my mind of of those families that are working to keep in touch with biological family where the child is uh, communicating with them has visits with them and hopefully also that this would be a book that could help in a couple of ways too. Like it, it could help the parents to think about keeping those connections or fostering those connections if they haven't been. And understanding that we are always connected to our biological families. Now, legally, yeah. that's a different, a, a different situation because our, our, connection to our biological families legally are severed with adoption, but through our, our DNA, our blood, 
our traits, our emotions, I mean, all that, there's, there's still a connection there to our families that I hope if there's adopted parents that don't recognize that, I, I hope that they, they will acknowledge that. Well, and I think they really need to, if they want to maintain any kind of relationship with the adoptee as the adoptee grows, that's not, that's not a relationship based on fear or, you know, gratitude or, well, I mean, fear is a huge motivating factor for adoptees to stay in relationship with adoptive family. And I don't think anybody really considers a relationship based on fear to be a healthy relationship. So yeah, I could see how you could use a book like this to talk about the connections and to illustrate your commitment to helping the person maintain those connections. And there's also the, you know, the fact that we figure out who we are and how we exist in this world by placing ourselves in time, you know, in a historical context. And so we need those connections acknowledged because when somebody says, this is our family history and you're an adoptee, it's like, no, this is not my family history. But if you can say to somebody, you're still connected to, you know, your family's place in time. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I feel hopeful that if, you know, you have guardianship of a child, whether it's through adoption, which I don't advocate for, or guardianship, or if you're fostering a child, or if you have a donor conceived child, because donor conception is anonymous in this country. And so a lot of donor conceived people don't even know that they're donor conceived until they get older. And then they have the same questions that adoptees do. Not all the same, but a lot of the same questions. And I also think another situation where this book could be very helpful is just with adoptees who are dealing with separation trauma and 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 having anxiety when they go to school or going to daycare or going off somewhere to separate from their adoptive parents you know some some children really have issues with that especially since we've already experienced that separation trauma it can just in, increase the anxiety that other children may feel at times too when they are separating from their parents for the first time to, you know, go to school, to go to camp or something like that. It's just magnified in adoptees because of, of that separation trauma that we've already experienced as, you know, previously to being placed with our adoptive families. So I think, I think it could be a helpful book in that regard too, even if it may be an adoption that is not open because of a, a situation that the adoptive parents don't have any control over. Family's not available. Maybe it was, could be a foundling. It could be a, baby boxes, right? It could be. I was going to say the horrible, horrible. Yeah, baby boxes. yeah exactly. Oh. So it could be. The abandonment boxes. It could be, a, it could be helpful. I feel like in those situations too, where the parents have, legitimately have no information and have no control over having a connection for the child with their biological family because of of something like that I think too I mean what do you think you know you have your own children I have kids my 
they're grownups now. So I have grandchildren and I know my grandchildren ask questions you know, like, why did your, you know, how could your grandparents give you away? How could your mom? So I think you could even read a book like that to your own kids or grandkids to just reassure them that like, you're here, you're here to stay good or bad. Oh yeah, absolutely. You I absolutely yeah. think so. Yeah. So I, I like the book. I don't think it's for every situation, but I do think that it, it could be very helpful in, in the right situations and helping, helping children deal with, with separation. And again, it could be separation due to incarceration, death, uh, or just going to their bedroom at night to sleep by themselves. Yeah. And there's so much more separation anxiety among children today than there used to be. And I say this from working with children in, in schools, seeing the anxiety because we live in a culture that, you know, we have active shooter drills and climate crises, you know, here it's been the wildfires and schools having to evacuate school buses full of children in the midst of a wildfire and you know so it's I think in some ways we kids just in general need more reassurance than maybe I don't know I never felt separation anxiety so I don't I mean not acknowledged because I just knew nobody was showing up anyway so it wasn't really but I could definitely see how kids could use the the idea that there's still somebody out there well it's hard to me even as an adult adoptee just thinking of the times when I get to enjoy a reunion with my biological family members and then separating from them can be quite painful knowing that we've lost you know 40 years or or whatever time frame before we got to know each other and now we only get this limited amount of time we may get to spend a week or you know, a few days here and there and so it's nice even for me to think about being connected to them even when we are you know 200 miles apart 500 miles apart and still being being connected by something that is something that exists that you just really can't even explain so I, I, that's kind of why I like the idea of the, the string being invisible I think as it's just something that connects you but yet it it's it's not even anything physical that other people can see or that you can see it's comforting yeah well and it's I think with adoptees so often too it's the intangibles that people don't pay attention to they're like, you have a home, you have parents, you have clothes, you have food, you have all of these things. And they don't realize that it's the more ephemeral uh, parts of what we need as human beings to thrive that can often be missing in those relationships. So sure, we might not be able to see the string 
but to feel like we still have a place and we're still, we still have meaning in that relationship. I, yeah, I think that's, that's a nice way to be able to think of it. And I know I have a friend who has a biological child who was placed for adoption and they have frequent visits and the child is fairly young and has a lot of difficulty when the visits are over. And I, I've heard this from a, a, a couple of different situations, different some adoptive parents, um, some biological parents. I've heard it on both ends where they have had visits and it's very difficult for them when it's over. And unfortunately, sometimes that leads the adoptive parents to believe that the visit shouldn't happen. Yep. So they will lessen the visits or stop them all together. Uh, we, that's, we see many times, you know, quote unquote, open adoptions that close at that point or let's say no more contact. I mean, they might cut off not just visits, they may cut off phone calls, even letters, because they see that it's upsetting to the child. Well, yeah, it is. Just just like I said a, a moment ago about even as an adult, it's upsetting to me when I get to go see my family and then have to separate from them because I, I am, am getting to experience something that I naturally would have all of the time. And then now I'm having to leave that behind. Yes, it's painful. Yes, your your child is going to possibly have difficulties with that. That doesn't mean that it should stop. You know, the, the what is the saying? You know, kind of like the, the I, I would have missed the pain, but I, I would have had to miss the dance. Oh, I don't think I've heard that one, but I understand what you're saying. As an athlete or former athlete at this point, I know that you, you don't get to enjoy the benefit if you don't also experience the pain. You know, and, and I, I think what you're saying, and that's another reason I do have problems with the idea of open adoptions is that the majority of them close by the time the child is in the first grade. So you have these rare instances of open adoptions, and then they do end up closing when the child begins to ask questions or to voice distress. And rather than addressing what's causing that distress in a healthy way and helping the child navigate it, like you're saying, they just, they just slam that open adoption shut and then hope that basically the child will forget. And I'm glad that you bring that up, that it's painful even as an adult. I understand adoptive parents, this would be hard for you to hear, but when an adoptee is in their natural setting with people who look like them and sound like them and move like them, and it's a relief and a release. And when you leave that, you're going back into what is in many ways an artificial construct. Yeah, I mean, I get it. it there's some pain there, I'm not denying that pain. I'm just saying that 
If you're looking at the child's best interests, you have to embrace all of it. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share with a friend or leave us a rating to help others find us. Do you have a book or other media you would like for us to discuss? Drop us a note to adoptionrewritten at gmail.com. We can't wait to share more with you in the coming episodes. See you soon.